This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. All right. I rarely get to do this, but I'm having one of my very good friends on the show. Yeah. But before I bring in my buddy, my pal, he's also a mentor. I've learned so much from him. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Brennan. Brennan Klaus, by the way. As a teenager in I love this intro, by the way. I love this intro. I'm going to change my intro. As a teenager in Kansas, all Brennan Klaus wanted to do was get out. The normal path was laid out before him, but he knew there was more out there for him. When an acceptance letter from Stanford arrived, Brennan took a big step in committing to his own unique path, and he laid his own yellow brick road to fall. That is the bomb. Brennan, I love that. Did you just come up with that yesterday? No, I I wish I did yesterday. That is pulled from my website. Um, and so I already had it, thankfully. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad it worked out. All right. So let's get into it. I asked my guests, all of them, one word. You get to pick one word to best describe your past 30 days. And no matter what the word is, whatever pops in your head, I'm giving you time. What's your word? And then tell us why. Okay. To describe the past 30 days. Just one word. What, what's freaking out in your head? Don't think about my, it. I think my, my biggest word is reconnect in the past 30 days. So <laughs> for me, the past 30 days have been all about reconnecting to like what is most important to my energy, to making sure that I'm on the right path for myself. Um, mm -hmm. and that I feel good about what I'm doing. Because for me, the past 30 days have not been as busy. Like if I look back a year ago when we were still kind of in the pandemic and things were seemed a little more chaotic. Um, so for me, it's all about reconnecting to being um, okay with the pace at which I'm going. Uh, which is huge for you. That's huge. Yeah. yeah, it is. Because I like, as you know, I like to move quickly. And I like to have a lot of things going on at all. A times. lot. A lot. <laughs> I was thinking of you because I had, uh, I don't know if you remember the Jen Mott, who's also a juggler Yeah, and she was on my live show for women and she was juggling and she was talking about juggling a lot of things <laughs> in life and trying to keep them all going. So you don't have to spend time with yourself, but I like that because I think when you slow down, it does give you time to say, what do I really want? Why am I doing this? I mean, is this what I thought I was supposed to be doing? Or is this really make me happy? When you're going so fast, you can't come up with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, for me, as you know, uh, real estate is my primary job, right? And so a year ago, when I look at what I was doing in my job, I was, you know, super overwhelmed, very busy, it was run, 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 you know, of the, the first half of my year was really uh, 90 
percent of my sales for the year. And mm-hmm. so it felt very, very chaotic. And it was like, you didn't really have time to think about what you were doing. You just did it. Um, and so for me this year, it's almost the opposite of that, right? It's a year that I'm rebuilding. It's a year where the market for real estate is slower. And so it is for me about thinking mm-hmm. about the pace at which I'm going and reconnecting with that and being okay with not always being busy and not always being super overwhelmed and having, you know, a million things going on all at once and having, having that time to think about life can be okay at this pace. It doesn't have to be super busy in order for you to feel quote unquote. Okay. That's hard for me too, Brennan. I, when I get up and I see that my day is filled, I get more energized, especially if there's a lot of people in it. Not that, and I'm sure you understand this as a business owner, not that there isn't a lot to do on the other days, but it's just not as fun, you know? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, exactly. Always, you could work 24 hours, seven, but it's not the same. It's like, I got this appointment, I got this appointment, I'm meeting this person. All right, so let's back up a little bit. I want to talk to them about how we met and... Brennan is another one of my awesome sauce people that I met at Heroic Public Speaking, which if you've listened or watched the show, you know I am in love not just with the program, but really the people I met. So <laughs> when he was talking about the yellow brick road, the first thing that I remember about Brennan on stage, he had red shoes on and you clicked your heels. And that was one of the things I remember because we got on stage sometimes only for a few minutes. So why don't we dive into that a little bit more? Here you are. You you were doing really well in real estate out in California. No, wait. Seattle, Washington. Yes. Yep, you got it. Out west. And you decide you're going to go and dive in, which is almost a year, to this keynote speaking course. Yeah. Bye, Brennan. Yeah. So, you know, real estate has been my passion for the past like seven years and I've built my business there. Um, But I love to have multiple things going on. But I also think that there is a point at which you have to add new things into the mix of your career to keep it exciting for yourself. And also there's only a finite number of people that you can influence in by by being in real estate and by being um in sort of a single location helping those people one on one which is really important to me but i was constantly thinking about what is my broader impact on the world going to be how can i help more people how can i spread a message that i hope will help more people and obviously there are things like video podcasting obviously um But for me, I've always been drawn more to performance. I was in a lot of theater in in high school and college. Um, And I have a very close friend and mentor also who was in heroic public speaking before me, um, who's also my accountant. Um, And she encouraged me. (laughs) Yes. Uh, She encouraged me to... um, think about pursuing other um, types of business that could tie Mm -hmm. into my own strengths and how I might be able to spread a message more and help more people. And so 
um, that's where heroic public speaking came in. Um, and it was something that I had done. I had done public speaking in high school and college. Um, and I had been in front of audiences before. And so um, it was definitely something that I was intrigued by. I didn't really know where it would go when I first started. I, I kind of got into it um, thinking like, oh, this will be something interesting that I could figure out um, and see if it has a, if there's a path for me somewhere in here. I didn't know what that path would ultimately be. I think um, I was one of the people, I don't know how many people were in the program like this, but I was one of those people who didn't know exactly what I wanted to speak to people about. I didn't know what ah. my message would be. Yeah. Coming in. Ah. And as you know, one of the great things about it is you can find out what that message is while you're in the program, while you're in their course. Um, the first full half is basically dedicated to the content that you want to talk about. And Obviously, um, you know, Amy and Michael are great about helping you figure that out and, and what that looks like. I did not know that you didn't know your message. Yeah, I did not. Um, and I mean, I think this is a common theme in my life. I kind of jump into things without thinking too far ahead. You know, mm -hmm. I don't, I try not to think about what is going to be ultimately the the final outcome or how that might impact me. Um in a way that it doesn't let me hold myself back. Um, so I think it's a blessing and, and a curse in some ways, because I don't always think through it. But yeah, I didn't know what my message was. I, I knew that I had things to say, but I didn't know what those were until I got in the course and started thinking about my own life and um, what I wanted to share broadly with other people in order to help them. Which leads me to your intro, the yellow brick road. We need to back up a little bit <laughs> because it is part of your, you know, and I'm sure your TEDx. Yes. How you ended up. I'm just going to read your words here. You went to Stanford. Maybe I'm not aware of this, but is there a real estate course there? Is that why you got into real estate? I just want to know. Uh, no, there is no, well, not that I know, I mean, there's no, no real estate course that I know of at Stanford. Um, so here you are, you know, gotta get out, gotta get out, gotta get out, wanna go to Stanford. Let's walk us through that. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I, well, the biggest part of this is I grew up in a very small farming community in Kansas, um, where a lot of what you were supposed to do, quote unquote, supposed to do with your life was what other people had done. You know, you were supposed to sort of follow the same trajectory um, or the same path that other people had followed before you and that they thought was more normal. Um, and it was normal because a lot of people had done it before. And so thinking outside of that box or off that path onto another path was very abnormal where I grew up. It was not encouraged or um, celebrated to be, you know, different and, and to think differently. Yeah, it was the, it was very much like, this is kind of like, yeah. Was, was there really a lot of cornfields? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, more, more like wheat fields, more, more than corn, but I mean, I, 
I try to come up with a couple of jokes, you know, because really when you are driving through Kansas, I, I grew up with older siblings and they lived like about six hours away in Kansas. So Kansas is big enough. You know, you can drive from one side to the other and it still takes six hours. Um, so I wow. spent a, a lot of weekends with my parents <laughs> driving from one side of the state to the other um, and taking six hour road trips. And all you see is fields, just fields and fields and fields. And it, I, I make a joke that it looks sort of like the ocean in the Midwest because it's just, you can't see anything else except for the fields. <sighs> okay. That's totally boring to me, but all right. All right. <laughs> it's a, it's interesting. All right. Um, yeah. So there wasn't not a, not a lot of, um, different paths were celebrated or encouraged. And so, you know, when I got this idea that I wanted to be in California as a teenager, you know, I didn't have a lot of inhibitions. I think I had a lot of, um, you know, maybe I was a little bit naive about how it could work out for me, but I just went for it. And I told my parents and it was, it was definitely a struggle um, to get them on board, but um, they were more encouraging than some other people where I grew up. People who would tell me, you know, this this isn't what you're supposed to do. Like, this will be too hard. This is too difficult. Um, just do what other people have done before. Like, you're going to be fine if you do that. And so that was really the first pivot I made in my life is saying, like, I'm not going to listen to that advice. I'm going to apply mm -hmm. to Stanford. I'm going to get in. I did get in, which was one of the most amazing moments of my life, like this small, small Kansas town, a small town, Kansas kid, you know, getting into this major university um, that that kids dream of getting into. Um, and so that led me to California. And then once I got to California, and I graduated, I went into marketing at Microsoft. So that was really like the, um, the launching pad for me to get a corporate job, which was great. Um, so that's why I moved to Seattle, but I found myself again, kind of unfulfilled by um, what that path was at Microsoft, you know, climbing that corporate ladder, figuring out how to get promoted, how to work with your, mm. your fellow colleagues. And um, I had to kind of take a step back and think about what my passions were and how that um, was impacting my day-to-day -day life in work. And I figured out that that's when I wanted to get into real estate. And as you kind of allude to, you know, real estate doesn't require, you know, four-year degree. It's actually the the very opposite of that. You know, it requires a 90-hour course and a test. And um, it's not something that's super prestigious in, in terms of getting the license, but um, it was something that I was I was really interested in. And I had a couple mentors who did encourage me to follow those passions. Um, I also had a lot of people who discouraged it, you know, and warned me how difficult it would be to go from a corporate salary into something that was only commission-based and that it was very difficult and cutthroat in the industry. Um, but ultimately I had to do it. Um, <laughs> Brian, that's, what was awesome when I first met you that stuck out. Okay. Talk about following your own path. You know, you hear people say, well, my family didn't want me to do this, but I did this. Or my peers were all into that, but I did this. But you truly always follow your own path because you fought to get out of there 
and go to the school. And then a lot of people are going to think, are you a wackadoo? You're throwing away one of the most prestigious education to be a realtor, which there's nothing wrong with it. You know, I get it. But the entry level versus yeah. the entry level, you know, is up here. And yet that takes, I'm just going to say it, balls. It really takes balls to every step of the way tune out, which, you know, I'm all about the naysayers. I mean, that's a lot of naysayers to tune yeah. out. Yeah. Which is incredible. And I think we all need to do that more, but it's really difficult. What is really difficult? To tune out all the naysayers. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, I remember um, one of my one of my favorite things to recall now that I'm in the the spot that I'm in is um, this night I was sitting with a friend uh, and one of his colleagues, they both worked at Microsoft with me and we were mm-hmm. sitting at this bar top, you know, in in one in a Seattle neighborhood uh, called Beacon Hill. And I was talking about, oh, I think I'm going to leave Microsoft and I'm going to go into real estate and I'm going to try. And it just so happened that this this friend colleague had a, a partner who was in real estate and uh-huh. he was adamant that I did not go into it. He was like, it's too difficult. You're leaving a lot of um, good opportunity on the table at Microsoft. Why would you ever do that? I can't warn you enough to not do this. And it, you know, it, it really, um, it really was discouraging for me. Um, But then I had to think about from his perspective, you know, he had been at Microsoft probably 15 plus years at that point, had made a lot of money, felt very secure. I don't think his partner in in real estate was doing very well at the time or um, had a lot of success at that time. And so I think it was a different perspective that he had, right? You know, he really was a naysayer in my story, but because of how he saw the world or how he saw that, that pursuit or, or thing that I wanted to do the path that I wanted to follow. He saw it in a very different way than I had seen it. Um, And so I remember that vividly because it was one of the most discouraging times when I was trying to make that decision. And I was like, I think I was 24, 25 at the time, you know, so I was highly, (laughs) highly influenceable and gullible and thought about a lot of um, what other people told me with a lot of sincerity, you know, and, and took a lot of advice from other people. We all do, you know, even to this day. I want to spend a little more time on this because I think this is a huge point for everyone to take in that you're making. That gentleman who was the naysayer, he did it from a good place. He was what I call well-meaning, you know, Mm -hmm. but it was from his perspective, which you were very mature to see because he didn't mean to discourage you. He was trying to help you, you know, right. take the right path. How did you get over that? Cause that's huge. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, and I agree with you. I think he was very well meaning and wanted to give me the best advice he could. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't the advice that applied to me. So a lot of what I talk about Um, And what I think is super important for people, especially these days with how many 
inputs we get about our life, whether that's from social media, the news, people in our own lives telling us what to do. I really had to compartmentalize what he had told me Mm. and his perspective from what I felt and knew about myself. So what I know about myself or what I knew about myself was I'm a really hard worker. You know, I've made changes like this before getting from Kansas to California. You know, I've done things before that other people told me that I shouldn't or couldn't and that I was going to either succeed um, and be super happy, or if I did fail, that I had a backup option, you know? So I took some yeah. of his advice, you know, and said, okay, well, if this, if, if what he's saying is true for me, what is my backup? Right. And I think that's the best thing I got out of that, but I had to compartmentalize that from what he was telling me, which was from his perspective of, I've been at Microsoft for a long time. You know, I'm very comfortable. You could have the same life, you know, people I know in real estate aren't doing super well. It's very difficult. It's a hard industry to break into, which are all very valid points, right? It just, those were not the points that were going to help me make the decision or be scary enough to me to keep me from trying. And so just compartmentalizing those two trains of thought and, and really empathizing actually with where he was coming from. Like, he is coming from this from a perspective that is completely different from my own. And we have different experiences and different paths that have both led us to this place where we're together, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he knew what was best for me. Right. And so I think sometimes we forget that when we're thinking about what other people tell us, we forget to, to really think critically about like, can their perspective really apply to my own? You know, Brennan, you just gave me a whole new way of thinking of my own path because here I am getting my master's in exercise physiology and I wanted to first start out being a trainer. Do you know what the entry level is to be a trainer? Right. Almost like take a course, get certified. Yeah. Yeah. Or not. (laughs) And But I loved working with people and I knew that it would build into something for me. I had no idea, you know, health clubs and all that. But I think about it. So many people, when you say you're a trainer, like it's like saying you're a coach. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. A million of those. But to be really good at it and passionate about it and love what you're doing, that's a whole different ball of wax. And I didn't let it stop me just like you didn't let it stop you, but you're right. Real estate traders, right? Mm-hmm. You, you can go and say, Oh yeah, I'm going to get. And then you, I don't, did it ever bother you? Cause it used to bother me now and then, but you don't understand. I'm really great at what I do. I work really hard. Did you ever care? Yeah. You mean about like the sort of like identity or like people yeah. stereotypes of what? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I cared a lot when I first, as soon as I left Microsoft, I felt the most insecure that I probably ever felt about my career. And not that my career has been super long, but you know, it was yeah. no, no, a no. big, big time of insecurity for me. And I remember this because I no longer had that title of being a Microsoft employee. And Microsoft, you know, in Seattle, it's more common to meet people who work at Microsoft. But 
as someone who just came out of undergrad, got a corporate job, felt that I had achieved success, yeah. right? Um, by not having that title anymore, I felt really insecure because yes, anyone can become a real estate agent. And real estate agents are sometimes seen as scummy or salesy or, you know, yeah. like, like they don't require a lot of intelligence. You know, these are all stereotypes that I think yeah. some people yeah. have. And so the reason I remember this is because every time I was in a social interaction, I would introduce myself as Brennan and they would ask, what do you do? And I would say, I used to be a marketing manager at Microsoft. <laughs> And now I'm a real estate agent. So I would use that old title always to justify in my own mind, but also in their mind that I did have intelligence, that I was, that I was not just a realtor. Um, and I remember thinking about it a lot and it took me probably like one or two years to get over that insecurity yeah. and to then start, I know it's a simple example, but then start introducing myself as a real estate broker to people as soon as I met them. And then later they might find out I worked at Microsoft or that I went to Stanford or whatever else is on my resume, you know, but um, it was definitely, yeah, a time of major insecurity because it did feel like, oh, I'm not as good as I used to be, or I don't have the accolades that I used to have. I so would do that. I so would have done that. Like, I get it. You know what I mean? Even... Yeah. By the way, so, you know, I sold all my gyms in 2019. So people, when they ask me what I do, you know, I say, I'm a speaker, blah, blah, blah. And my friends will jump in because they're embarrassed for me and say, but she used to own health clubs. Yeah. I'm like, what the? <laughs> like, okay. Like, where yeah, I am. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'm much older than you, but they're not okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, she's much more than that. She's not. She's, I'm like, oh my God, that's wackadoo. You're right. And that's how people think. And it by the way, I'm so happy you shared that story because it's huge for people to hear and that it took you a little bit to go, yeah, I'm a real estate broker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember the, the insecurity to this day for sure. Ooh, yeah. 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 I'm really brave with you. Okay. So, you break into real estate. How long did it take you to feel, was it a year or two that you made the right choice and that you were successful at what you did or felt good about what you were doing? Yeah, I think, you know, it did take time for sure. I felt for me, there were a couple milestones. One was you know, just financially, can I make the same amount of money that I made in at Microsoft, right? Could I do that? Um, that was sort of the first milestone. And that took a couple years to get to that. And then after that, it was, you know, can I become a leader in real estate? Can I build a team? Do I have the ability to move up in my own way, my own business that I own? Yeah instead of moving up at a corporation like I would have at Microsoft. Um, so that was sort of the second, uh, you know, milestone for me. Ah. And so that probably came three to four years in, I think. Um, so yeah, it did take a while for me to feel good about that. And funny enough, now I'm in that, in that transition with speaking where, where you and I are or have met, you know, yeah. is like, I don't, I don't feel super, 
secure about being a speaker or being a coach, but that will build over time, right? And that you use my previous career to justify, you know, where I am and build my identity, but then also, you know, moving through a new career or adding something into your career, I think it just takes time and patience and you have to have those stepping stones or milestones that you surpass and set for yourself um, in order to feel that confidence or that comfort in the new space. And, you know, I love the fact that you were talking about when you were looking at what you were going to do in real estate, you reflected upon your other successes. And I think a lot of times we forget to do that. So right now, when you're talking about being a keynote speaker, you're reflecting, well, look what I did from coming to Microsoft to building a real estate business to now starting another adventure. I don't know why we don't do that. You know, it's always like right here, right now, but it's really good. I started doing that the other day, Brennan. I was, you know, I was doubting something I'm getting myself involved in. I'm like, will I be able to do it? I really want this business. And then I started writing down all the things I've done. I'm like, why do we not do that? That you were able to achieve that. Why is this time going to be any different? So let's talk about these four words. Because you you really mentioned this a lot when you're trying to figure out what you want. And you said, for, which I wasn't sure about, pinpoint, realize, you mentioned compartmentalize, and then commit. Can we really dive into that? Because I really want to help others who are out yeah. there. Maybe they don't want to make a career change. Maybe they do, but maybe they also just want to do another side gig. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that I, I've broken it down into these four uh, sort of areas or, or compartments that I think are, were most important in my journey. So just using the example of going from Kansas to, a a sort of prestigious brand name school like Stanford, I think pinpoint was the first thing for me. So pinpointing exactly what I needed. So I knew that what I needed was not in Kansas. I knew that it wasn't that community. I knew that it wasn't the people around me. I knew I didn't have the right mentors there to do what I ultimately wanted to do with my life. I knew that I didn't necessarily have the right environment. And a big part of this story at this time was also me coming out as a gay man, right? And so a lot of my decisions or pinpointing what I needed in my community was around the need to have a different environment, a different set of mentorship, a different set of peers, a different set of community that could support me. And so that's what I mean by pinpoint. And maybe when you apply that to a career, are you with the right manager? Do you have the right work that you're that you're passionate about? Do you see the right progress happening for you in there? Is the environment conducive to building you up, right? So pinpointing if those things aren't correct right now, what would be correct for you, right? So I knew I needed a a more supportive LGBTQ community. I knew that I needed peers around me that pushed me more than maybe my peers did in Kansas. Like, you know, I was was one of the few, the smartest kids in school, right? And I wanted to be one of the kids who was looking at the smartest and being like, how do I, how do I do what they're doing? 
Um, so pinpointing really like what is that environment that you need to position yourself in in order to then go to your next step or achieve your next step. And I think achieving your next step also has to do with realizing. And so that's the second component of this is realizing that all of our paths are very different. And so when we go back to that empathy um, mm. component of me sitting at the bar with the person from Microsoft, you know, realizing that his path was so much different than mine. And I couldn't compare what I was trying to do exactly to what he had done because we had different lives, right? Like we were, there was an age gap between us as well, but beyond that, there were just so many different things about our lives, different factors that had played into why we thought the way we thought, right? I was thinking about my path thus far, like we talked about, right? And the success I had had, but he was thinking about his partner's success thus far and how it wasn't as good, you know? Yeah. And so I think you have to really, really take time. And I think it's hard because it's easiest for all of us, or I would say most of us to listen to the naysayers, to validate what they have to say about us instead yeah. of validating for ourselves what we've already done. And so I think big part of after you pinpoint what you need is realizing that what you're going to achieve is going to be a lot different or happen in a much different way than those other people around you. And then that's when we get to compartmentalizing. So that all, you have to realize it first, but then you have to do the work to actually compartmentalize those thoughts. So what are the thoughts that actually help you versus the thoughts that you might need to throw into your recycling bin, right? From other people. Or <laughs> what are what are what are the thoughts that maybe will give you warning signs from your naysayers? So the naysayer says, you know, this industry is really hard to break into, or you can't, you shouldn't try to apply to Stanford. It's going to be a lot of money. Kids like you don't get in. Okay, well, that might give me a warning sign that I need to have a backup plan or that, you know, there is a possibility that this might not happen for me. And so how do mm -hmm. I take maybe some good from what the naysayers are giving us, but then recycle the rest, right? And then what are my thoughts that I'm actually keeping for myself? You know, I'm compartmentalizing those into, well, wait, I did this, this, and this before, or wait, I have this sort of work ethic. I have a different um, thought because I have a different experience than those other people. And then I think the last part of that, after you've compartmentalized everything, is really just committing to that, you know, because it is so easy to fall back and question ourselves, rethink things, you know, wonder if we made the right decision, but really committing to that path that you now have for yourself. It has to be something that you believe in and that you're really assured mm -hmm. about and that you want to follow. I have never thought of it that way. And listening to you break it down, it reaches a lot of people in a logical way. Like I'm very much explaining things in an emotional perspective, which gets a certain audience, but this is really step-by-step step, step makes logical sense. So can I borrow it, Brennan, for some Yeah, yeah. Use it, please. <laughs> That's why I, I wanted out use there. it for my husband, who's a lawyer, who most times doesn't get me. But <laughs> thing, and 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 I say this in a loving way. Some of my family, when they knew I was going to do the keynote speaking thing, they're like, "Oh God, she's going back to school again." You know what I mean? I love 
I love learning and I love education, but I regret telling a few of them how much it cost because then when you, I got out, so did you get a big gig? Did you get a big gig? Did you get a big gig? Did you think it was worth it? Now I know Brennan, no matter what, I learned so much and met the most amazing people, but they're not thinking of that. You know, they're, and so the one thing that I tell a lot of people is be careful who you share your information with. Be careful who you share your dreams with. Many times for me, I won't share it until I am definite and so like gun ho that I'm doing this. So go ahead. Then I'll share it. Go poke holes in it because I don't care. I don't know about you, but that works better for me. And I do regret saying that to someone because now that's their only question, but also it's not like I regret what I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know, but it does. I have to admit hit me. I don't know about you about, did you get the return of the money? Does it bother you at all? Like did I do the right yeah. thing? Spending that time and money and energy. Yeah, I think it does. And it's like, um, it goes back to that sort of like, how do you compartmentalize their perception of it from your own? Because yeah. I I definitely hold myself to that standard of like, well, what is my return here? But I don't have a timeline on it like yeah. they might, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it, it's the same of like changing a career or getting into the school, right? Like you have your own benefits that come from these things. You might have your own setbacks too, right? Or you might have things that you want out of it that you, that they might not know about, right? And so I sometimes, I'm sometimes the opposite though. I think sometimes I gather too much feedback. So I share my dreams with too many people. Um, And I think, I think that that's also why compartmentalizing is so important to me and why it's become sort of a cornerstone of what I think would help people is because I like to get a lot of input from people. And, you know, what did you, what do you think about this decision I'm making? What do you think about this? How do you think this will impact my life to the point where there's too much feedback? Right. (laughs) And, and to your point, I think that's similar. Like the feedback you get might not work for you. Right. And, and it might not just be the thing that you want or need in that moment. But yeah. I, yeah, I definitely have that, um, yeah. that sense of like, why, why is everyone putting pressure on me to do something that maybe wasn't as important to me and they're just thinking it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, they came, they're coming from their perspective. Yeah. Like if they did that, they would expect this, this, and this to happen within X amount of months. All right. So let's fast forward. Here you are. What can you tell us about your next adventure? in real estate aren't you doing a whole new company are you going into another state is that happening or is like shh for now well yeah so there's a couple of things um on the you know idea list currently so i currently live and work in seattle i am expanding my brand to chicago which i'm super excited about to get back into uh the midwest where i'm from so it's funny i'm making a little circle around the country <laughs> with my life. Um, but, you know, I I might sell real estate there. I might um, start some coaching for realtors or some courses for realtors. 
Um, and then I am also really interested in the Airbnb space. I have a few of my own Airbnbs. And so I'm thinking about content and creation in those um, arenas as well of real estate, um, all while also spreading this message, you know, of pinpointing, realizing, compartmentalizing, and then committing to your path because sure. we all have our own unique path. And I think now more than ever, it's important to, to listen to yourself and tap into your own intuition about what's right for you, you know, and what will ultimately make you happy. It's huge, Brendan. And I do believe you, you will be able to do both, you know, because there's so many people that are teachers and do, whether they do workshops or keynotes, it doesn't matter. But they know that their message, they're so, so inspired that they want to inspire others with the same story. And I'll tell you, your story has, even though it's totally different than mine, every time I hear it, I learn something new from you and it inspires me. And I love the fact that you're also vulnerable with your story. You know, the story you share. And it means a lot because I don't just want to hear all lollipops and roses. I want to know, like, okay, you know? Yeah, yeah. This sucked, and here I am, and now I'm taking this, and I'm changing here, and no one can figure out what the hell I'm doing, but it's, it's right for me. And guess what? If it doesn't work out, so what? For me, failure is I didn't try. Right. And I'm okay with all the people telling me, I told you so, I told you so. I don't care about that. What makes me feel worse is if I didn't do it because of that. Yeah, exactly. I agree yeah. completely. Yeah, I didn't even try it. So with your speak speaking engagements, I'm like putting it out like they're happening right now. Do you have a target audience? Do you have like let people know where you would like to speak? Where would you like to start, you think? Yeah, I think um, probably the best uh, target audience for my sort of speaking and topics right now is for young adults. I think it's uh, potentially like high school, middle school, up through college and and starting their career, um, because I think that this is a super critical time for this age, the age that I've really just been through to tap into their intuition about what do they want because it's it's very there are very formative years and there's a lot of people telling them what to do and and trying to guide them but there's also a lot of influence too i think you know with social media with the news there's a lot of influence about what people should do or what others think they should do um and i think that this is the best time to really think through those decisions and are they right for them in that moment. So I think that's probably the best sort of audience to receive this, this message. Ah, Brennan, you just gave me a great idea for you. This is, I see this all the time with the kids and you're absolutely right. They could benefit. But what I'm thinking about is if you could speak at these schools to the kids and the parents and I got to, I just got to tell you this quick story because it's so relevant and I would love to, for you to talk to these people. So I have a client, a young lady, she's having a rough time in high school. You know, she's a freshman in high school. Her parents are lovely. They'll let her do whatever she wants. Like, we just want you to be happy. 
But Brennan, there's a but. Every time they do post and the parents do on social media, it's with the family and that all the, this person plays this sport, this person's in this sport, this person's getting a scholarship, this sport, this, I don't even want, you know, tell you what the sport is right now. Cause they might guess who they are, but it's like, and she's doing this and she got this award and she got this award. So she comes to the office and says, they say that, but look what they're posting on social media. You know, just, you just brought that up about, yeah. My kid is the scholar for this. She won the award at this. She, her team won this meet, whatever. And she said, Sandy, I love my parents, but they don't really believe that. And, <laughs> and they're getting accolades on social media for completely the opposite. Yeah. So think about it. Their parents are saying, we just want you to be happy. And a lot of kids are saying, yeah, right. And you should talk to them. I'm open to that. I'm open to talking to any parents who need to know. I mean, I think, you know, my, my parents also, like, they, they, you know, they supported me and they still do to this day, like, support my goals and my dreams. But I think it was different for them, you know? It was like, and I was their fourth kid. So they probably had yeah. to change every single kid. They probably had to change the way they they operated because we were all different. But, you know, it's it is important for parents to know also, especially raising, raising kids and, and young adults these days. I think it would be so amazing for you to go and speak to the parents. I think it would be so needed. And then to see how you turned out that, you know, it was right for you, all the different changes, you know, and what they should do is sit more with the kid. And like you said, trust your intuition, but it's not whacked how the message you're putting out on social media can be totally different, you know, than what you're yeah. saying. 100%. It is. It usually is for most people, you know, it's usually not the true, yeah, true, truest form of themselves or what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Brennan. So in the next few years, if you go to Chicago, are you going to come back and forth to Seattle and Chicago? Oh, you are. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, I have a team currently in Seattle um, in real estate. So we all work together as a team. And so I'll spend my time between both um, because yeah. I still have a lot of clients in Seattle as well um, who I adore and care for. So um, I will have my time split between both. Yeah. All right, cool. And the big question is, will you travel to do speaking engagements? Absolutely. I will travel to do speaking engagements. Currently, I don't have any kids, don't have anyone to worry about myself, except my dog. <laughs> and so uh, I am a free agent to to travel and, and share my message. It's It's the bomb. I can't wait. All right. Before we go, is there anything I didn't get in, Brennan, to my let's keep a real people? I don't think so. I, I think, think we covered I think, everything, man. I think this covered it. Yeah. And thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm honored to be a guest. Um, and I'm I, so excited. I'm so excited. So, but before we go, how should they reach out to you for two different things? One, well, we got three now, Airbnbs real estate, 
and or speaking engagements? Where do they reach you? Okay, I think the best place just to go that's the most simple is brenklaus.com. So it's B-R-E-N-C-L-O-U-S-E.com. That's where you'll find any and all contact to me that you might need, whether it's Airbnb, real estate, speaking, courses, uh, or coaching. Oh, yeah. So wait, are you coaching people in general or your market is realtors? Um, It's both. Yeah. So realtors, I have a specific course that I'm working on now for realtors who are just trying to start their career in real estate. So it's a 30-day um, sort of, it's called Agent Accelerator course. Um, and then I also um, am a certified coach where I would um, take on clients or people who might be going through a career change or want to up-level in their career um, oh. or are looking for um how to tap into their own intuition about what they want. Cool. I did not know that. See, I found something learning new stuff. Yeah. Always learning new stuff from you, Brennan. All right. My let's keep it real people. Brennan and I would so appreciate you sharing, liking, rating it. You can watch it or listen to it. It will be on all platforms. And you know what I'm going to say until next time. Toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.